Hey there, are you a Christian woman ready to experience next level victory, joy, and abundance in your daily life? You're listening to Abundance 1010. I'm Mathisa. And I'm Limbai. And we are friends on a mission to begin living the life God has in mind for us through Christ. The Bible is filled with principles we can adopt and promises we can claim to live fully and victoriously. As your co-hosts, we invite you to take this journey with us as we uncover and apply principles from the Bible to help us live life fully here on earth. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Abundance 1010. We're so glad that you've joined us. And before we get into our episode, we want to ask a favor of you. Please, if you're enjoying our podcast, would you rate our show, give us a review, and share it with a friend if this is content that is blessing you? We would really appreciate a share from you. So on to our topic for the day. We are continuing what we began talking about, which is friendship in our last episode. And it is going to be a deep dive somewhat today. And we're going to get into an example from the Bible. But before we get to that, we're going to look into the Bible and get some insight on friendship. Mathisa, what do we have from the Bible? So we have a verse, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, and it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And may I share an experience? Oh, yes. So, you know, we just prayed over this, this episode. We just finished saying a prayer. Isn't that right, Vimbine? We sure did. Yes. And we know that when you have a good friend, that friend is worth more than gold, right? They Mm -hmm. really enhance your life. But then when you have a friend who is causing some stress, their behavior towards you is changing and not in a positive way, in a negative way. So I've had an experience like this. Some years ago, I was playing an important event And I had a friend who was supposed to be involved in this event, but was not holding up her end of the bargain. She had become unreliable. That verse talks about unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. And she was becoming unreliable and her lack of engagement with the whole process of what I was going through, planning for this important event, was causing me stress. Mm. And it was causing me stress for several reasons. One, because up until that point, that friend was someone I would consider a good friend for years, like 12, 13 years. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. And so when the behavior was changing, it was hurtful for me because this was not the person that I knew. And Mm. her lack of engagement, her unreliability caused me to have to make a change of plans. And so, unfortunately, it just so happened that after that important occasion, our friendship ended, essentially. And Mm. 
I would say that affected me for years afterwards because it ended so abruptly. The end, there was no um, conclusion. No, there was no, you know what? There was no closure for several years. And I don't know if you as a listener has, if you have experienced this, but if you have had a friendship that kind of just ended abruptly or, and especially when you weren't even planning for it to end, like you weren't expecting it to end, it's hurtful. But mind you, I did get some closure several years after that. But still, the friendship died on the eve of that important occasion, so to speak, right before that, that occasion of mine. So sometimes friends, they, they cause you to get stressed out. What do you think about that, Vimbai? Letting go of friendships can be very difficult because especially when you're counting on them for something. Yeah. As important as this event and trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here? What's, what's, and then I, I would imagine that the most difficult part there in that uh, situation, Mithiso, is probably right before you, you know, had a conversation with the person about their lack of yes. involvement. It's like, cause it's building, right? It's, it's been building and you're like, okay, I need to say something because clearly this is um, not it. I've got to change plans. And then having to talk to that person about the change of plans. Yeah, that must have been, that must have been very difficult to do the timing of it. too. It was very difficult to do because I didn't know what was going on. I was confused, right? Because there was a change of behavior. Like this is not the person I thought I knew for several years and just agonizing over having to tell the person of what I felt I needed to do based on the behavior that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I would actually say, yeah, I was quite stressed for that reason alone. And then after the conversation, it was released a little bit, but at the same time, I felt badly mm-hmm. for the decision I had to make. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not, not a really nice time. You know, I guess in not knowing what was the cause of this a person pulling away, did you ever blame yourself? How, how I, did I you process that? I wouldn't say I blamed myself, but I was giving her the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And after trying several times to engage this person in their participation, I realized that it it wasn't me. Mm. It was probably, it was the person, what they were going through and reacting to me starting a new chapter of my life. So, yeah, I, no, I didn't blame myself because I was like, well, okay, I, I, I did analyze what I was doing. Okay. I'm, I did this. I said that, is that, is that off? But no, I gave her the benefit of the doubt. And after several months of the same lack of response, I realized that, no, it was not me. It's not you. No. Yeah. We talked about this in our last episode about how sometimes our friendships are only for a time. And sometimes for whatever reason, those friendships come to an end. It can be very difficult because this person has been a, a major part of a portion of your life. And so when things go haywire, so to speak, 
can really change the dynamic of your relationships because now you have this piece that's now missing and it's, mm-hmm. it brings up a lot of questions. Yeah, I, honestly. And, you know, you've already told the listeners I'm like Joseph, right? With the dreams. And the dream. I would dream about just the situation, just that particular friend for years because I did not get the closure. And the friendship ended so abruptly. So it did affect me for several years afterwards. Okay. Yeah. You may not have known that though. No, you I didn't know have... about the dreams. No, yeah, yeah. Yes. The you know, friendships um definitely have a huge impact. I know for myself, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll talk about how friendships for me have been very, very critical in the last uh, several years. So listeners, if I don't think I have mentioned this before, but I am divorced and I went through a long separation period. And during that time, I was in Canada and didn't have family around at the time. And so it was very difficult to process, you know, soon after the separation. Actually, I won't even say soon after the separation, but leading up to the separation and and the process of trying to hold things together and things falling apart, essentially, I relied so much on my friends. And the Lord is so good because there were some of my longtime friends like Mathisa. And then there were some new people that came into my life around that time who I know were sent by God because they were either going through something similar or had gone through something similar. And they they just divinely came into my life. God placed them there. And they served as such critical, critical part of me learning to lean on them more. Because for those of you who have been through a failed marriage, there's so much shame and so much embarrassment that you go through. And oftentimes, you may not want to even open up and tell people what's really going on. And I definitely was in that phase for a while. And if it were not for my friends, of course, my family too. I, I have to mention my family as well, because they were also very, very, very critical at that point. But the friendships, the girlfriends that were just beside me to help me in times when I just wanted to cry or vent or, you know, just get wisdom of, well, how do I handle the situation? What do I do with the kids? There's so many questions, so many mm-hmm. questions that flood your mind when you're going through that because it's a huge life-altering uh, change. Yeah. Yes. So I really learned the value of friendship during that period. And I said that this is some a period that spanned many, many years, but it has definitely been, and even now, uh, some of my friendships are still very, very, very important in my life. So I, I definitely appreciate friendship when we talk about genuine and true friendship, as we will discuss a bit more when we get into uh, the story uh, from the Bible, but we can see how true and genuine friendship is a gift from God. It is. And just with you sharing that experience, you realize, and we spoke about it last episode, that especially for women, friendships are, they're therapeutic. We have to talk it out. We need someone. We need someone and several other people to talk it out with. 
Mm-hmm. And when you're able, it was so, it was great. It was a blessing to you that you had that social network to give you some support while you were going through that time. Because I know that with the separation and the demise of a marriage, it's, I've heard it's a lot of different stages that you go through. Oh, yes. So having friends who you can talk to and just be yourself around was, I know, was vital for you. It was vital. And (laughs) I want to share a funny experience. It wasn't funny at the time, Mm -hmm. but it's something that I can laugh about now. So for those of you who listened to our previous episode, we brought up a a girl's trip that we went on a few (laughs) years ago and went down to the States. And I remember it, it, so it was a weekend and on the Sunday, so the day that we were leaving, we, we had a big event to attend on, on the Saturday and all. It was very uplifting and powerful and all of that. And then I remember the next morning, we're getting ready to go. <laughs> Mathisa, you'll remember this. <laughs> I remember. I remember. So, yeah, so we're getting ready to go. And then I got a message on my phone. So now remember, this is all part of the whole separation time. I'm separated. I'm trying to juggle things. I'm a single mom and finances are very you know, tough at the time and just a lot of a range of different things. I got a message on the phone uh, from uh, one of my friends. I'd made a mistake in booking something for her. And so I had been asleep when, when and it, it, it turned into this a, a big uh, inconvenience, I'll say. And I remember when I read that message, Atisa, you were in the bathroom. <laughs> I read that message and then I just burst into tears. I remember, I remember that the bursting into tears. I don't, I didn't recall what triggered it. I'm actually, I feel like this is the first time I'm hearing this, Vimbaya, about what triggered it. Oh, you didn't hear. Okay. So I had made a booking. Yeah. I'd made a booking for our friend. Remember, you know, our friend who I was uh, making arrangements and all for her speaking engagement. And one of the arrangements was um, getting her flight. And so I had had booked the wrong date for the flight. And so when she goes to the the airport, they're like, um, no, your booking's for a different date. And so she messaged me. She's of course in a panic. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. And so this had happened while we were still sleeping because it was early in the, her flight was early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, oh my goodness, what? And so she had to pay for whatever changes are involved. And I knew that I would, I would need to step in and cover for that. And I'm like, I'm already so stretched financially and all. And I just, I just burst into burst tears. And I, to be, I, it was such a strong and strong emotion that overcame me because even usually when I cry and I've had many tears over the years, but when mm-hmm. I cry, I don't usually burst into tears like you a baby. More like, like a weep, weeping, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yes. And I just and burst. Listeners, I, yeah. And listeners, you know, Vimba is a very um, calm and collected person. So, when she did burst into tears, it was a little un- uncharacteristic of you, actually, because you just maintain your composure like almost all the time. 
So it was very different to see you respond that way. Yeah, yeah. And I think you were in the bathroom at these and I think that you because you were going to take a shower or something. Maybe, and then yeah. you came out. Yeah, you came out like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 what? Hey, what's going on? Yeah. And so I remember um the girls um just you guys surrounding me. And I remember one of you started to play worship music and started to pray. And just the the comfort in that moment was such a reminder to me. Of course, at the time, I, I didn't have words for it, but it was such a reminder of God's goodness in placing such good people in my life. Mm-hmm. And so what a trip that was. It was a trip full of laughs, tears, all kinds Yeah, of it was. I remember you had said it was like a, a reality show. Like we had all these... <laughs> All these emotions, all of these different emotions, all the different emotions. And so, yeah, I definitely look back and, and laugh because even soon, because I mean, the rest of the trip after that, after I collected myself, mm-hmm. we were good. We had a good chat and all on the drive home and everything was fine. And I was, you know, I, I returned to my, I guess to my more, my normal self, I'll say, uh, for the rest yeah. of the trip, but it was just that moment that triggered a lot more for me uh, than I I realized. Sometimes it it's that one thing that happens that is just you feel like the cards all fall down, and that was that moment for me. And so, yeah, definitely memories <laughs> that I, I look back and laugh on. Yeah, and I had a feeling you were going to mention that because it was, yeah, it was certainly a time that. I mean, unbeknownst to me, I don't think I, at the time, realized the depth of all that you were going through. Um, mm. Because I think, too, we had such a good time during that weekend that you were kind of also having to now go back and face reality. I mean, of course, you missed your kids. I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah. But it mm. was now the reality of your day-to-day life and all yeah. the things that you were going through at that time. Yeah, that's just- a good point, Matiza. Yeah. yeah, because it, it exactly was, it's kind of like being on, you know, the, the mountain, have this mountaintop experience. And then now it's like, okay, it's got to go back to yeah. figuring out life, life. and figuring out what I'm going to do. So that was definitely, uh, definitely a huge part of that. Yeah, for sure. But what was nice too about that moment was that when you have people around you who you're comfortable being so vulnerable with. Right. You know, and you know that it's a safe space and you know that um, it's it's again, going back to what we said is that when you're when you have a true friend, you know, you can be yourself with them. So I didn't feel like I needed to. Oh, oh, no, I can't. I can't fall apart right now because I'm amongst people. I didn't feel like that. That thought didn't even come into my mind. I just said, I just like I need to weep in this moment. And that's, that's exactly what I did. And to have that is really, really important. It, it's, it saved you. It really helped. Mm-hmm. It, it was mm-hmm. immensely beneficial to you at that time. Cause that was, that was just, I know from what I heard, because I was one of those friends that you had confided in and I know that it was a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So do you want to switch gears now and talk about uh, the friendship in the Bible? Yeah, let's switch gears. Let's dive into the Bible. Yes, because ultimately we we know we the Bible is our blueprint and there are examples of, I'll say every situation that we face, well, we can lean on the Bible for. And this is no different because we're talking about friendship. And one of the most celebrated friendships in the Bible is the friendship of David and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it was a very unlikely friendship because David at the time, he really was a nobody when he went to fight Goliath. Nobody knew who he was. He was this kid who was a shepherd. And here he goes one day, he's sent by his father to go and take some food to his brothers. And while he's there, he hears Goliath come and taunt the Israelites. And he's appalled that what, how come nobody's doing anything about this? So he kind of, we know that it's, it's God created the circumstances, but when you, when you look at the Bible, it can seem like, oh, it just, he just so happened to be there at the time when Goliath was there, you know, insulting the Israelites. And he said, how can you let this guy defy our God? Right, right. And that is the same day that he met Jonathan after he killed Goliath. He met Jonathan and it says, "Mm -hmm." and he said, because he went to the palace after he had killed Goliath and he went to see to the palace to see Saul. And it, the Bible says they had an instant connection. Instant kindred spirits, as they would say. Kindred spirits. Yeah. And you know, there's some people who you just get along with like that. It just, you meet them and you just gel. You just gel. You just click. Yeah. We spoke about that last, um, last episode as well. Mm -hmm. You just click with them. The chemistry is there. The friendship chemistry. The the friendship chemistry is there. So, and, and Jonathan really was the one who embraced David because Jonathan was in a, in a position of prominence. I mean, he's his father's the king, he's a prince. And then David is this uh, young lad coming out of wherever. And so he really, you know, is the one who made a covenant and they were close from that day forth. And how awkward was that when King Saul started to become jealous of David? Mm, and afraid, and as the Bible said too. Jealous and afraid. Jealous and afraid because he recognized the anointing that David had. And so he now began to despise and and, Mm -hmm. and try to kill. Wanted to get rid of the guy. And everyone loved him. (laughs) (laughs) His son, his daughter, whom he he later married. They Mm -hmm. just loved him. David was just this guy that could do no wrong. There was King Saul... Oh, King Saul killed what thousands and David killed tens of thousands. And oh, that, that, that was amazing. it. That was like, oh my gosh, I'm the king though. And this David fellow, they're all singing the song tens of thousands. <laughs> oh man, that, that man jealousy tormented. Yeah, he was tormented by that. And uh, yeah, that song, that song really got to him. And it was the women singing it. So I don't. <laughs> 
I don't know if that played a part that it was the though it was women singing that song, and so he was he and and even the Bible talks about how he would have an evil spirit would come upon yes, him. Yes, I was thinking and that. David would have to play music. He would have to play his music. Yeah, yeah. He plays music to just kind of get him back into feeling good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think he. What was I watching or something? But I think he also had bouts of depression as well. Mm. King Saul. Yeah. There were times where either it was a sermon I was listening to or something, but he had times when, yeah, he was depressed. And that's why, you know, David would play his instrument to give him comfort. Yeah. And so now when you think about Jonathan being friends with David, when his father is trying to kill David, Mm -hmm. It, it must have put him in a very, very awkward position, but he chose to continue to, to have his friendship. He continue, he chose to be loyal to David. And that part of it was due to the covenant that he made with him. But it's really admirable to see how far he was willing to go. When I'm speaking of Jonathan to yeah. protect, protect his friends. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons why their friendship worked so well is that they had common ground, even though they had different backgrounds. Jonathan was a prince. David was a shepherd. They both loved God and they both were warriors. I think that's what initially drew them together, because I'm sure Jonathan was impressed or in awe of of how David approached the entire situation of of, uh, killing Goliath. Mm -hmm. And that may have been the initial draw or pull up to that friendship without that common ground. It's, it's very difficult to, to have a friendship. Yeah. So having commonality with a friend is critical because there has to be something that you have in common, similar values. I would say there has to be some element of commonality when it comes to having a really good friend, a true friend. For sure. Yeah. And we see that, how that played a huge part in, in their friendship. And then another thing too, is that there, there was a lot of loyalty there. I mean, when you think about loyalty, you know, people often bring that up in um, romantic relationships and all loyalty. There's all this discussion about, about that, but when it comes to friendships, you can't have a friend who's not loyal around. You can't. You have to have the loyalty. Yeah. 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 And also, this is a big one. This one is a big mm. one. David was chosen by God and appointed to replace Saul as king of Israel instead of Jonathan. And still, Jonathan loved David. That's a huge one. Now, think about it, l- listeners. You have something that you are you're waiting on you have something you're going to be entitled to and your friend is actually going to get this very thing this title or whatever it may be that you are entitled to but you still love them because you recognize that that person is supposed to have that or be that instead of you and you still love them there's no jealousy no envy what my goodness like now that's a true friend can i can i 
you know, may, may I draw upon an example from pop culture, <laughs> Vimbai? Mm-hmm. Because it kind of reminds me a little, little bit of these two friends are good friends for so many years, and everyone knows that is Oprah and her friend Gail. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Oprah is, we know, you know, at the height of her career, she she was just a like just an icon. She still is an icon, but at the height of her career, everything that she said she loved would just be like a bestseller. She had so much influence around the world. Mm-hmm. And she had this good she has this good friend, Gail, who Never was jealous, and and Gail's always asked that in interviews. You said people ask me if I'm jealous of Oprah, and I'm like, no, I love my life, and I mm. love that what Oprah is doing. And guess what? It's good. It's great to be good friends with Oprah because I get some stuff too. So my point is that <laughs> my point is that Gail was not jealous of Oprah's immense um, popularity and huge. She was a huge success. She was not jealous of it. She just loved Oprah's for who she is, who she was at that time. Yeah. And that's a true friend. That's a good example, Matisa, because yes, I mean, if if it, it's very difficult to maintain that uh, kind of friendship when one of you is, you know, doing so well and so well known. And, you know, Gail, I'm sure, was experiencing success in her life in different ways. But not on the same scale. Definitely not on the same 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 scale. scale. No. (laughs) Yeah. And and in recent years, we've seen Gail come more to the forefront of things. She's, you know, her, because she was also in, because I think the two started off together in journalism. Yes. And then Oprah's uh, definitely uh, took a a different uh, course. So. She was also in the business, I would assume, during those years. And mind you, she did yeah. say that Oprah had a, a more senior role than her at the time. So she mm. was still junior to Oprah's role at the time. Okay. But they became, yeah, they were fast friends. They've been friends through thick and thin for years and years <laughs> and years. <laughs> for thick and thin, yeah, we knew her. We knew everyone knew who knew, you know, of Oprah knew her best friend was Gail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good example of how, you know, the loyalty and the lack, the selflessness and not being jealous of a friend because we have known many of friendships that have ended because of jealousy. jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're secure in who you are and going back to Jonathan, when you know that, okay, God has a certain path for me. Right. And God has anointed someone else to be in my position. And when you're securing yourself, you can more easily step back and allow that person to take your position or fulfill that role that you thought would be yours. Yeah. But that's still a very, very, very difficult thing to do. Yeah, yeah, but he was he was secure in himself and he recognized that David was indeed the right person for that for the job, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because I'm sure he saw the the shortcomings in his father's character. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he recognized that and 
given that Saul was Israel's first king, it would have been it would have been a very huge moment for Jonathan to be the next king for sure. It's something very valuable um, and prestigious at the time. So for him to be to to fall back and say, you know, I'm still going to be. I'm not going to be in my feelings about this. I'm still going to be a true friend to to David. Really speaks to how beautiful friendship can be. Exactly. And we we should take a page, not just like you, Vimbai and I, like not just you and I, but I'm just talking about we as just those who believe in God and read his word. We can take a page out of their book. Because if we do have a friend who is going through a season of success and a season of things just really coming together for them, we should really just be happy for them because that is their time, right? And Mm -hmm. you have to know that your time comes to and you have a different path. You have a different way to success. You know what I mean? So everyone like you just have to be happy for your friend like rejoice when other people when your friends are rejoicing in their successes rejoice along with them and be that good friend that they need because one of the things you also recognize is when you see god blessing your friends and and seeing how he's coming through for them it's a reminder that you he's the same god that is going to come through for you Exactly. And so when you see them experiencing miracles or breakthroughs or blessings that you would love to have yourself, you know that when the time is right, God is going to to bless you. It may not be exactly the same way as you see it unfolding in a friend's life. Right. But he's definitely going to give you what is meant for you in your path. That is so true. Something we all have to remember. Yes. And so on, on several occasions, we saw Jonathan saving David uh, from his own father and really ch- choosing to honor his covenant and honor his uh, al- allegiance to David. And what we see is that after Jonathan died, so Jonathan died the same day Saul did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure David had so many mixed feelings about that because remember, David was on the run for his life for many, many years because Saul was trying to kill him. And I I believe it was 15 years. So I believe 15 years passed from when Samuel anointed David king and when uh, David finally became king. So a span of 15 years, David was on the run for most of those years. And the day that Jonathan and Saul died, uh, they died in battle together. And David wept. Uh, He wept for his friend Jonathan, of course, and even for Saul. And what we Mm -hmm. see later happening is that David continued to honor that friendship even after Jonathan's death. Because what did he do? He decided to take in Jonathan's son. So Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth and he was lame in both feet. And David made sure that he took care of Jonathan's son. He brought him into his home and cared for him as his own, as one of the king's Mm -hmm. son. 
And that's a beautiful thing because his their friendship lasted even beyond uh, death. Beyond death. He was still giving him honor <laughs> even yeah. after he had died. Quite the friendship. And so we can glean from their friendship these different elements that we've just spoken about. And we can actually use that too as a test kind of see the friendships that we have and how we ourselves can be a true friend to others. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we can, if we're saying, Hmm, I don't know, is this, this, this friend, I'm not so sure about this person. Well, we've just talked about things like commonality, being selfless, being loyal. Does that friend have some of those aspects? I think that's a good way to determine and discern someone who is like you, who you call a friend in your life. Yeah, for sure. And to bring that even closer is to ask yourself those questions of yourself. Are you that friend? Are you loyal? Are you someone who's selfless? So making sure that you have those characteristics, you don't want to just have good friends. You want to be a good friend too. That is so true. You want to be a good friend as well. So just to extract the takeaways from this conversation, we realize that true friendship comes from God. Mm-hmm. A true friend will stick around even when it's inconvenient. That's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that they're being inconvenienced, but they are either helping you out, they're supporting you because they know that's what you need. That is a mark of a true friend. Yeah, because I, I was very inconvenient for many years. <laughs> I feel I was very inconvenient because I just, you know, was going through life changes and um, the demise of my marriage. Yeah, I was very inconvenient. And there's there are friends that stuck with me through that time. Oh, it's interesting that you said that you were you were you were inconvenient. You think because of what you were going through and what you were relaying. Yeah, because I needed so much from my friends. I feel oh. like just in conversation alone, like I was often talking about what I was going through and all. And you know, when you're talking to somebody and and they're in a bad place, a bad place in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. It takes, I mean, you have to listen and you've got to, you know, try to build that person up. And mm-hmm. that takes from you, like it draws from your energy and your strength as well. So I I know that I I um, definitely no, <laughs> it you, was inconvenient for people. But you know what, though, Vimba, when I reflect, you still weren't, it wasn't all about you. Even when I interacted with you, it wasn't always all about you. Mm. Right. Because we were talking about in, the, in our previous episode how our, our friendship isn't one sided. And that even though you went through that hard time and yeah, you were. I know you were leaning on me for some of your support. I didn't feel mm. like it was a, a real big pull from my own energy because it was still a little bit give and take, I think. Oh, you, you still had you still had opportunity to talk about what was yeah. going on with you. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was like just all you because I've had those experiences before with other people where it's really all them. Mm. Yeah, so, those, those, are not, those are not good experiences. <laughs> yeah, so and then the last takeaway 
is that, and this is a big one, a true friend accepts you for who you are. Isn't that a big one? Like you can just, you don't need to pretend. You don't need to put on a facade to speak and interact with this person because you can just be who you are and they accept you. That's my and they accept friend. Yeah. 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 When you reach that good, because I think when you're making friendships, there's always that phase where you're still unsure, you know, can, can this friendship really handle the fullness of myself? Yeah. <laughs> can, I be, can I be truly who I am? But once you establish that it is, and usually it takes a number of years to, well, maybe not, maybe it takes sooner than that. But when you get to that place where you just feel like, listen, this is who I am. And you feel like that's okay. Your friendship is strong enough to support your 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 true self. That's wonderful. Yeah. What are some of the friendships that you've had, listeners? We are interested in knowing what your friendships look like and how you've dealt with having to let go of some of those friendships, like we talked about earlier. How has that experience been for you? Tell us, let us know if you want to reach out. We always say our DMs are opened. <laughs> so let us know if you've had an interesting experience with a friend. Yeah. So I think, Vimbai, we've come to the end of this eighth episode. So just want to remind you listeners that we do have Abundance1010.com where you can go to that site and you can check out all of the episodes. If you want to send us a message, please do feel free to do that. We will get back to you very quickly. We also have our Instagram, Abundance1010 Podcast is our handle. And again, check us out there and join that community of women who are wanting to live abundant lives in Jesus Christ. And we'll see you next time. Take care for now. Bye.